the question was, well, why, why do we want to do this? And there's two reasons. One is there's going to be people that come that absolutely need Jesus. There's a, there's a theme in our, in our city and surrounding areas of, uh, of suicide and depression. There are people that are, that are addicted to this, that, and the other thing and need freedom. There's all kinds of things that, that, there are, that are happening in, in our area that this man got free from and now is going back to, uh, as a missionary to that world. I think that there's going to be someone that comes that Sunday and gets set free. And that's uh, so why I want to do that. Uh, I, also, I also think that um, we need to get our eyes out of our own belly buttons and reach out. And uh, may this be, I think that the, the, one of the reasons why we're, we're going to do this event is because uh, um, I think it's going to challenge us to see people in the workplace, to see people in our family, to see people as we're walking down the street um, in a totally different way. So um, super excited. And, uh, and that's that. We're in a set free series. Intentionally did a set free series during the month that we have uh, Brian coming and also God Encounter. So I am, I'm excited. I feel like this is a setup month for, uh, for you, for me, um, for those that haven't even darkened the doors of, of our church yet. Um, but we're in a set free series. Last week, we, uh, we started the series and um, at, really asked the question, am I free? And that'd be a good question for all of us to, to answer. Am I free? And you, you may have uh, asked Jesus into your heart when you were six years old. You may have asked Jesus into your heart last week, whatever it might be. And uh, salvation is a, is a big part of this deal. But how many know that you can be set free from the penalty of sin and not, not yet set free from the power of sin? And, so, and, and, and all the things that come with it. And so I think that there are people with the, that are going to go to heaven, but they're going to live like hell till they get there. I think that there are going to be people that, that, that barely make it. And Jesus says, wait a minute, I died so that you may have life and have it to the fullest. I, would, I, I think he's sitting there and saying, whatever your name is this morning, he's, he's saying to you, like, I want you to live free here and not just like make it to heaven someday. There is so much that God has in store for you. That's why we're in a set free series. And today, um, the topic is, uh, is under the influence. We're going to talk about it. And, and I'm not saying, like, maybe you've been driving down the road and you, and you saw the sirens. Woo, Pastor Bo, he has this spiritual gift where he can, he can like, make um, uh, police siren noises. You, you want to do that real quick? Can you? No, no, you can't. I remember we, we were we were years ago we were traveling together with with uh, Master's Commission, which is a church-based internship. Pro- and I'm driving and he's doing this. I'm like, what? <laughs> Your heart rate goes up a little bit. <laughs> You're like, what's what's happening? And uh, so that's a yeah. If you'd like that gift, uh, Pastor Bo will lay hands on you after the service and. We're not talking about, you know, because, you know, the police car comes and, and they, and, you know, license registration. They see your, you know, uh, maybe, you've, maybe you've had that before where they, they, uh, they give you a ticket or they arrest you because, because you were under the what? Influence. That's not the type of influence we're talking about this morning, but, but it preaches, though. So, um, so we're, we're talking about under the influence. I, man, last week I, I, I referenced uh, Princess Bride. Going to do it again. Um, this week, just because I because I enjoy it, but we, we were talking about the fire swamp last week, and and uh, if you've ever watched Princess Bride, and and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if I'd uh, make a summer home here, but the trees are quite lovely, and and it, you said right after that scene, uh, you know, uh, Princess Buttercup is talking to Wesley, and and she's like, well, well, what about the the R O U S's? 
And he's like, he's like, R-O-U-S-S? Oh, rodents of unusual size? They don't exist. They didn't exist until they jumped out of the bushes and started wrestling them. I think that sometimes we as Christians just, we live our life, either we don't believe or we live our life as if uh, demonic influences don't exist. And I want to talk about that topic today. Um, if, if we're going to talk about demons. We're going to talk about demonic um, influence. And uh, some of you are like, yes, finally we got to it. Some of you are checking your watch and wanting to get out the door and, and everybody in between. But um, just hang on to your shorts. You'll be all, you'll be all right. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark chapter 5. I like this story. We're not going to get to the whole story, but I like this story. Um, there was a, uh, it, depending on what version you're reading in, I'm going to read in the NIV. Um, uh, this, says, this says, they went across to the lake to the region of the, of the Gerasenes. In some versions, it says the, the Gadarenes. There's probably about three or four different names, depending on a translation. And it's just, be, just because uh, of, you know, when translators are taking those original manuscripts, they just, it's just a different name. So if you, yours says Gadarenes or mine says Gerasenes or whatever, maybe you just want to skip that word and, and don't even worry about it. But that's where they were. They're in this region with Jesus. It says in verse 2, when Jesus got out of the boat, say out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Now, how many know if there's a guy with an impure spirit coming from the tombs, this, this is already going to get good. We're like, everyone's like, man, let's read this story. I'm not gonna, we're not going to reference the whole story here. But I, uh, verse 6, it, it, uh, we fast forward just a little bit. And it says, when he saw Jesus... From a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. And I wish I had time to share this whole story with you because it's incredible. But I, I, wanna, I just want to point out two things. The first thing is this. Um, no, no demonic influence. The devil himself can't keep you from coming to Jesus. Could we just understand that? I love this story because this guy was, this guy was full of demons. <laughs> this guy was living in the tombs. If you read the story, he had like supernatural strength and could break chains and all this. True story. And, and, uh, and yet he comes to Jesus. Uh, some translations like the, the, the New King James and the King James will, will say in verse 6, it says that, they, they fell, that he fell down and worshiped. I, I love this concept that no matter what, I mean, I'm guessing we don't have anybody near as messed up as this guy in our church today. Just saying. And yet he was able to come to Jesus. And I just want to encourage you today that Jesus would love to set you free. Uh, second thing is, is, is if you know this story, like, like I've read this story a few times, and, and if you know this, um, later on, they, they make just kind of a, kind of a remark that, that later they found him clothed and in his right mind. And I, and I also just think, that's hilarious. That means that when Jesus set him free, he was naked. Again, just want to encourage you that you're way better off than this guy was. If you're clothed today, you're in a way better situation than this guy was. Can you just say, it is possible for me to be set free? Oh, all right, all right. We'll just, we'll just keep going. You guys, some of you aren't awake yet. That was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. All right. The Bible is, uh, in fact, if you're just one that doesn't read the Bible, just think it's, think it's intimidating or boring. Can I just say there are lots of great stuff. Skip the genealogies. Skip some of those places. But there'll be, there are some incredible places in the Bible that are fun to read. 
Um, number one, I just want you to know this, number one, is there really are demons. Now, um, if I were the devil, I would want to make you think they don't exist either. Right? I would think that'd be, that would be a great idea. If I were the devil, I'd want to make you think they don't exist or that they just don't bother me and, and most people. They're just mostly in the movies and, and, and in Africa. Movies and Africa. That's where they, but, but not in my life, not in my home, not in my, not, you know, right? Not in my city. Like, like it, I want you to know that, um, I mean, I, I say this all the time. People are starting to quote me. The devil hates your life and has a horrible plan for your life, Right? You know that? And, and behind the scenes, if we were to pull back the spiritual realm here, I believe that there, that there are angels and demons, that, that they are fighting for your life. Because uh, if you knew how, uh, how much God had in store for you, if you knew who you were in Christ and his plans, man, you'd be dangerous. And the, I think the de- as much as God knows your identity and wants you to know your identity in him, man, the devil knows it too, and he wants to keep you from being everything that God has called you to be because if you started to become that, man, watch out, world. Watch out. So uh, there really are de- uh, demons. Um, you know, the thief, a thief doesn't knock on the door and say, hey, I'm here. You know, the, the devil, he's probably not going to, every once in a while, but probably for you and I mostly, he's probably not going to show up with like a pitchfork and dressed in red with like horns and just say, hey, I'd like to mess up your life. Right? He's going he's gonna to come, come close and he's going he's gonna to lie. And he's going to, the Bible says that, he, that he's, uh, uh, he's like, a, like an angel of light is what the Bible describes him. Like. He's going to come near and you're just not going to even know. Wouldn't it be helpful to know if, if you're believing a lie? Wouldn't it be helpful to know if you're under the influence? And the last week we talked about, um, the, you know, it'd be a good idea to be set free. I'd like to propose to you that there are some times when it's more than just, uh, more than just like, a, like a character issue. I'm going to talk about that. More than just like a, like a sin. But, it, but there is something more that would be helpful for us to just be set free from influences um, like the enemy. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 says this. It says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's not good news. Resist him. I think what that tells me is that it's possible to resist him. Sometimes we just think this is just an impossible situation. We, th- we think, well, even if it is a demon, I, I don't have any power over this. If this is just, this is just is what it is, and this is the life I'm going to live. And I want you to know, we can resist him standing firm in the faith. Absolutely. You know, um, someone might say, Pastor, I can't believe you're talking about demons this morning. And me either, uh, actually. No. <laughs> I had something else planned. And it's just like, it's just coming out. I don't know. But listen, you know, the, the lost people, the world talks about angels. I mean, every, every, you, you turn on TV, I mean, people are, people are talking about angels. They're talking about, they're talking about demons. They're talking about supernatural. I mean, there's, there's like, there's reality TV shows on trying to find ghosts in people's homes and properties and all this. T- like, like this, is, this, is what, this is what people are talking about. And I, I'd like you to know some of that stuff's fake, but some of that stuff's real. And it'd be good for us to understand. Um, 
I like this quote from C.S. Lewis, if you're familiar with that author, um, long, long, long ago author. He says, Satan hails the skeptic and superstitious alike. What's that mean? In other words, there are people who say, Pastor, let's not talk about this stuff. And then there are others who say, good, we're getting to the good stuff. And, and Satan likes you to be on both ends. He wants you to look for a demon under every rock and just be like, be the one that, this, the devil made me do it. You know, like this is all, it's all demons. And, and, and then on the other side, he wants you to think they don't even exist. He wants you to ignore them. If you could be on either end of the spectrum, the devil's like, that's good. That's good. This, this, here's, here's the truth here. I like what Jack Hayford says. He says, you can't cast off the flesh and you can't disciple a demon. Might want to read that again if you're sitting there taking notes. That might be one to write down or tweet. You can't cast off. The, what's that mean? That means there's some stuff in your life that you just need to, uh, like, who's that guy? Was it Bob Newhart? He says, knock it off. There's some stuff in your life you just need to just stop doing. You need to repent and turn. You, you need to say, this is a character issue. I need to, I, love, I was talking to my uncle, a kind of a similar, similar type concept from Jack Hayford, and, and, and he, said, he said, you know what? You know what the one thing is that I figured out that you can't, like, deliver someone from? their flesh you can't cast out the flesh you can't cast off the flesh you disciple the flesh so there might be some things in your life that we just need to to like learn bible and just stop it but on the other side you can't disciple a demon if if there is something influencing you and and we're not going to get into whether it's on you in you around you whether you smoke it i don't know but how many know that if it's, a, if it's there, you just want it gone? You just don't want it to be influencing you or me anymore, and you don't disciple that. You don't sit down with someone and, and try to just work this thing out, and, and it's going to get better. No, you go after that full force, and you say, if this is a demon, it, it's got to be gone. It's absolutely got to be gone. Um, man, I had... <laughs> I, I think I've probably shared in here before. I, I used to um, direct a, a discipleship program called Master's Commission, and that was in Des Moines, Iowa. And there was a there was a season where, um, and we would travel. Uh, we, it was it was church based discipleship and ministry training, and then we would also travel to churches. And I remember there was a season where um, some of the students were um, really interested in spiritual warfare. <laughs> And I'm like, all right. So we would learn about it in the Bible, and we would learn about angels and demons. But, like, it was, like, everywhere they look. I think that's a demon, Pastor. Or, you know, I, I, that might be an angel. And, I mean, everywhere, everywhere, I'm like, all right, guys, calm down. Calm down. Like, I want us to be aware of this. I want us to have the tools to fight this. We're not going to be looking for a demon under every rock. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, I think it makes sense to me. Um, number two, watch this. We can be under their influence. Talking about, about demonic influence. Absolutely we can. I want to show you this, this here. Um, uh, someone might have this question. Pastor, are you saying that, that, uh, that people of God can be demon-possessed? No. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. It, it, that may be what, what you're thinking. That may be your definition. It's not my... Uh, in fact, the word possessed in the Bible... Um, doesn't actually even mean ownership. This is what it means. It means it means mastery over or influence over. The the better translation in the Bible, whenever you see the word possession, really has to do with a, it's a word called demonized. Um, and to me, that's still kind of a big deal. 
But where, where we get caught up and where sometimes the Christian circles um, kind of get divided is, well, is that, is that possession? Is it in me? And you've, it's because we've all watched a movie where someone's like getting exercised or, or there's some crazy thing going on or you've, you've heard a story and all of this. And so when we, talk about, when we talk about demonized or we talk about spiritual warfare, sometimes we, we sit here as Christians and we just think, well, wait a minute. Like, I, I thought I was bought with a price. I thought that, that I walked through the cross and I was saved and, and Jesus' Jesus' blood saved me. And I want you to know, absolutely, you were. And... The enemy, if you allow the enemy, the enemy can still have influence in your life until you, until you get rid of it. And so, so that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about possession. We're not talking about anything like that. But we are saying that there are, there, there are times. In fact, you know, if, uh, if you allowed somebody into your home, uh, in fact, uh, few, I don't know, a few years back, we had, um, we had a break-in into the, into the church. And uh, um, so somebody... I, I don't, I don't know, maybe the door was left open. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't decide how it actually happened. We got better security cameras after that. So if that was you, we're going to catch you next time. But, <laughs> but we, uh, but, so, but, but there, yeah, thanks, Bo. Could you, could you just, like, record that, have that on repeat at night, and then. So we, but we had, uh, some, but someone broke in. We, we think probably we left the door open somewhere, maybe, and, and, uh, and they were in, and they took some stuff and all of this. But you, you think about this. Um, they didn't own the place, but they af- absolutely, while they were here, they had some pretty crazy influence in this place. They could take things. They could, they could be here. They could, they could do things in this. I think that's what happens sometimes with the enemy is that we allow there's a there's an open door or there's an open window or there's like a you know you got one of those cat cat doors or doggy doors and somehow it fit in and and until you decide like i'm done having this thing living in my house it's going to be there absolutely it's going to be there um we often what happens here is that we often give the enemy i like to call a legal right someone says well man I'm a Christian. The, the enemy can't legally be there. Well, what have you come into agreement with? Some, how could an enemy have a legal right? Sometimes the enemy has a legal right to be there. And when I say legal right, you're like, Pastor, what are you talking about? Imagine, like, you made a contract, knowingly or unknowingly, you wrote up a contract, and on this contract, you know, you got to read the fine print and have, you know, have your lawyer walk, you know, uh, magnifying glass and all this. But imagine in that contract, knowingly or unknowingly, like, you you gave the enemy a legal right to be in your house. And as much as you say, you got to go, you got to go, you got to get out of here, he's like, yeah, like, like I got, we got a renter's agreement. I think some of us have a renter's agreement with the enemy, and we got to tear that thing up. And I want to show you in just a few minutes how you can tear that thing up. Um, and, and it's awesome. Part of, like, like God encounter um, in, a, in a few weeks, that's going to be an amazing process, a whole, a whole weekend dedicated to you learning how to hear God's voice and tear up legal contracts with the enemy and allowing the Holy Spirit to empower you. Um, but even without God encounter, I want to show you that we can rip up those legal documents. And we, we make those legal documents with the enemy, sometimes through our intentional sin, Sometimes through the words of our mouth, the things we declare, the things we're agreeing with, um, we, we make just kind of legal, kind of he has a legal right to be there um, for different reasons. Sometimes it's a generational thing 
where um, it, it might not have even been you, but, but dad, grandpa, great-grandpa, great-great-grandpa, whatever, and, and something that's kind of, have you ever been to like the doctor's office, and they have you fill out something, and you know, you know what are they having you fill out, like your, your health history, whatever, and, I, and that's, that's good, sometimes it's good for doctors to understand so that they can diagnose the right thing, but if you also pay attention, you realize, wait a minute, like, I had this, my parents had this, my grandparents had this, my, you're like, oh, there's a theme here. And I'd like to submit sometimes what that is, is the enemy has, has like got something and, and it's been a theme throughout your generations. And I would suggest it would be a good idea to try to just break that thing off. Um, I'd like to give you, give you some tools to do that. Um, and, and, and God encounter, that would be a, an incredible way to just kind of get some of that thing thing gone so generational things sometimes sometimes it's not generational sometimes it's not like just you've personally made a contract with the enemy sometimes you're just under attack everyone say under attack i would say if you are breathing and you're a christian you've been well even if you're just breathing you've been under attack at some point from the enemy and how do i know that well ephesians chapter 6 says this verse 12 for our struggle is not against what flesh in blood. In other words, it's not against people. And even though we think our struggle is against people, our struggle is not against people. It's not even against me. Our struggle, our struggle is against uh, uh, the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Hey, Paul's trying to tell us, hey, let, let's, let's point our energy in, in the right direction here. We, we think that, that it's just my boss, and we think it's, or we think it's just my, my Irish heritage, or we think it's just, a, I'm not pointing that at, at Irish people, by the way, um, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> but like, we, we think it's all of these different natural things, right? And, and Paul's saying, hey, guys, I just want you to know that there's so much more going on behind the scenes than you realize. Our battle, it's actually against rulers and authorities and powers that you can't even see. They're, they're behind the scenes, but they're, but they're influencing um, a lot of what's going on in our life. Um, this warfare that we have. Uh, um, I think we're just going to go to this next one. Uh, number three. This is good news right here. They, they have to flee in Jesus' name. I know that you were all getting depressed for just a little bit. I want you to know that there's, like, there's hope here. And every single one of us in this room have been, some of us are influenced by the enemy at, at various points. And, and yet there's good news. Like, there's freedom. They have to flee in Jesus' name. And some of you, you have this question, well, wait a minute, I've prayed about that thing 42 times in the altar, and like, like or we've, we've, you know, I've, I've gone after this thing. I want to show you a little bit of why. Some of the reason why they haven't gone is because you haven't taken care of that legal right. You haven't ripped up that document yet. And I want to show you that here in just a second. But, uh, Man, they have to flee in Jesus' name. I know the one who can set you free. We talked about that last week, the, the, uh, to, to know the truth, and the truth is Jesus, and the truth wants to set you free. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the 72, and, and these, were, these were followers of Jesus, the 72. And the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. 
So, so that's good news. These Christians, they were following the Lord and, and walking in disciples. They started realizing, wait a minute. Like, it's not just the pastor that does it. It's not just the prayer altar team. Like, I, man, I, the demons submit to me too. They're probably like my, my master's commission students from a few years ago. They're like, let's go find some more. And they're laying hands on everybody. They're trying to find demons and all of this. And what's Jesus say right here? He says, he says uh, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Can you imagine this? The 72 are like, Jesus! Like, like they're coming out of people, and this is amazing, and we're laying hands, and we feel like we, we're going to start an intergalactic ministry now. And, and Jesus is like, I saw Satan fall from heaven. What's it to you? In other words, he's like, this is just normal Christianity. This is just, this isn't stuff, we, we, like, we're, we're not going to make a big deal out of this stuff. Like, you just, you just walk in this. I want you to learn how to do this, but let's not give the enemy more, more credit than is due. Let's not, let's, not, let's not put this on the big screen. Let's just, let's just let this be part of our life. I love that response from Jesus. He says, I've given you authority to trample snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. Or heaven. I just took my eyes off the scripture. And it also says written in heaven. All right. Luke, uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 20. But if I drive out a demon by the finger of God, then the kingdom has come upon you. You know why I like this about this verse? Is that deliverance is one of the signs that his kingdom is here. Uh, you're wondering, like, is the kingdom of heaven here and all of this? Like, when, as people are being delivered from things that have been holding them back from everything that God has for them, it tells me, like, his kingdom is right here. It's, his kingdom is coming and his kingdom is here. Um, I, I, you know, I've got, most of you guys know I've got three little girls, seven years old, um, now four, and then, uh, then a year and a half. I got to get the ages right. Um, not only will they know, but Becky also knows if I don't get the ages right. And so I got the ages right. And uh, so they, but I, I got this for when, when Aria, who's my four-year-old, um, when she was a little bit younger, I remember her, we would teach her how to pray and all of this. And, and she would say, in Jesus' name, on name. And I'm like, so she's learning. But I just want, I just say that to say this, you could be four. And in Jesus' name. Right, your power, your prayers don't have to sound all eloquent like mine. Like you just need to know your authority in the Lord. That if you are saved, if He's in you, you could say in Jesus' name, on name, and that works too. Absolutely works. Little Aria has got authority in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans eight, uh, verse thirty-seven says, He says, "No, in all these things, what we are more than conquerors." through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor what? Demons. Neither the present nor the future, nor how many powers? Yeah, you look that up in the original language, that word any means any. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I like the verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 Verse 3 and 4. Is this too much scripture? Yeah, that was a trick question. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. 
The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In other words, I, I can't take care of a, of a demonic stronghold with a grenade or a, or a gun or, or with my fist or anything. If, I, if it's a spiritual battle, I fight it with spiritual weapons. If it's a physical battle, I fight it with physical weapons. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, the next verse right after that, we demolish arguments and take and, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And watch this. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. It was Joyce Meyer that I think she coined the phrase, but she stole it from the Bible, that uh, it's called the battlefield of the mind. How many know that that's, that's where the enemy likes to take up strongholds? And um, the enemy wants to lie to you. In fact, he does. The enemy, it is impossible for the devil to tell you the truth. He is, he's a liar. The Bible calls him the father of lies. And so the, the good news is, is that when he lies to you, you can say, thank you, devil. I'm going to believe the opposite. It is, it is impossible for the enemy to tell you the truth. Um, and so any of those lies, we take those thoughts captive and we make them obedient to Christ. I like what Chris Hodges, pastor in, um, in Birmingham, Alabama, he says this, we defeat the enemy by replacing every lie he has told us with the truth of God's word. And I want to just close this time this morning by just, I just want to share a little bit of my freedom process that I take people through. And um, this may be helpful for you. Um, uh, one, I want you to know that, that it, because I want to share this with you because I, I believe that it's easy that we can all learn it. But you also may say, um, man, I want, to, I want to find someone like one of you pastors or someone else that, that, that knows kind of these tools and I want to sit down. For me, even though I feel like, like the process is easy, I still sit down with people because, I'm, because it's, it's easier to have somebody else pray with me through things and believe with me through things. And so, um, so sometimes, it's, even though I think the process is simple, sometimes it's easier to sit down with somebody. So you may say, I, Pastor Jonathan, I want to find somebody and sit down and walk through freedom. And I want to share, share just for a minute about how I do that. Um, also, God Encounter is going to be a, a, an environment where you can um, do some of the similar things. So, so number one, <coughs> someone comes to me and says, Pastor, um, can, we, can we sit down in your office? Can we talk? Can we, can we walk through freedom together? And, and we do, and we sit down, and, and, we t- and we talk. And now, if I don't know the person, my, the first thing I'm going to do, number one, is I want to know um, that they're saved. Because guess what? The, this, this being set free, it only works if you know Jesus. Otherwise, otherwise, man, it, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. And I, and I mean that literally because I have sat through freedom sessions with people where we're trying to just go after something, and then we get, we get to the end, and I'm like, I don't even know what happened. And I realize, oh, they don't know Jesus. Like, let's get, let's get first things first. It, number one, you want to make sure, man, Pastor Jonathan, if I were to die today, I just know. I know that I'm going to go to heaven. I have made Jesus Lord of my life. Um, that's number one, salvation. Number two, repentance. Now, repentance, it, it goes along with salvation uh, initially because how many know that, that when, you, when you give your, your heart to the Lord, you're also saying, God, would you just forgive me of everything that I've ever done, any, anything that, that I, you know, that I, any sin area, anything, and you're coming to Jesus and you're saying, you're saying God, I want you to be Lord and would you forgive me of all this? And, and repentance is not only it's turning, but it's also saying, Lord, um, I change the way I think. Like all of my thoughts, like I give those to you too. But I put this as number two, repentance. Why? Because we, it's an ongoing process as well. 
How many know that when you become a, a Christian, that there's still, it's still possible for you to sin sometimes? Raise your hand if after you became a Christian, you stopped sinning totally. I'd like to meet you. I want to learn. So number two, repent. I, didn't, I, get, I guess I didn't give this to you guys on a slide, did I? So number two, repentance, because, um, because sometimes part of the whole process here of why the de- enemy has a foothold anyways is because I've found myself caught up in something. I just need to say, God, man, your word says that if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just and will forgive me my sin and purify me of all unrighteousness. And so I do. Lord, right now, uh, I, I just confess this. It's not, that, it's not that you don't know. It's not like God's like, oh, I didn't know that. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. No, he knows, but there's this part of me admitting and sharing it with him. And, and as I share, it's, it's interesting because shame and guilt just starts to, to fall off. And those are lies of the enemy. As I share that, Lord, would you just forgive me of this? His promise is is that he will forgive you and purify you. It's just as if you never even sinned in the first place. And then as we're sitting there with with somebody, um, this is what, here's the kicker, forgiveness. I'll tell you this. Any area, and I'm I'm trying to get every eye, any area that you say, Pastor Jonathan, I want freedom in, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say like 99.9% of the time, there's a forgiveness issue. Just in my experience, as I've gone, it's, it, and this is what it is, it's either somebody from my past that I need to release, or my present, or, or I need to forgive myself. How many, man, I've been in so many times walking through forgiveness with people and freedom with people, and it gets to, man, I think I've forgiven everybody except myself. And sometimes, Sometimes that's the hardest person to forgive is you. And I'm not going to be able to go through and take too much time here, but can you just know if you want to get free, there's a, the, most of the time there's a forgiveness piece where not only are you forgiving people, but you're forgiving yourself. And sometimes, I know this might sound weird, but sometimes it's also forgiving God. And uh, some of you say, well, man, God didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. But you think he did. You think he did. You remember, that, you remember that issue, you remember that, that story, that situation, and your experience of it was, man, God, if you're a good God, you would have. God, you're big enough too, and, and you start playing that story, and so sometimes we have to get to this place where we just say, God, I even release you. I let you off the hook. There's usually people that we gotta forgive, myself, and sometimes we even have to release the Lord. That's like the big piece. That's where we tend to spend most of the time as I'm sitting down with someone this is this is literally how it works I just say Jesus what do you want to show them and then what's really hard for a pastor shut up and it might it might be some awkward silence for a minute but I'll tell you, I believe, I believe so much that Jesus knows how to tell you, and he might give you a memory. There might be a feeling. There might be a picture on the movie screen of your mind. There might be something. But I'm going to sit there, and I'm just going to say, Jesus, would you just show them? Where do you want to take them right now? Lord, would you just take this person by the hand right now, in Jesus' name? Lord, would you take them to, where was the first place that this, that this thing, this, this issue got a foothold? Lord, would you take them to that place right now? And there might be a memory, it might be, he might, Lord, what do you want to tell them right now? And we're just going down this road. Jesus, what do you want to say to them right now? And man, the, the most I ever say in a freedom session is, Lord, is there anything else you want to tell them right now? 
Well, what else do you want to show them right now? Oh, that sounds good. Oh, and I'm asking them questions. Oh, is that what he showed you? Oh, good. Anything else you want to show them, Jesus? Because in a freedom session, it's less about what I think and my expertise. And I'll tell you what, I could say something that changes you for a moment. If Jesus tells you something, it could change you for a lifetime. And so we hang here because most of the time Jesus is taking you to a place where he wants you to find freedom, forgiveness, releasing people, releasing yourself, finding perspective, finding healing. Uh, oftentimes I'll say something like this. Jesus, would you just show them where you were in that memory? Man, I've been with people. And it was, I mean, it, situations that you would just, like, like, man, you just would never wish that on anybody. And all of a sudden in a moment, Jesus shows them he was standing right there. He was sitting right there. He was right, he was holding them the whole time. And you see tears running down people's faces because for the first time, they went to that place with Jesus. Every other time they went by themselves and there was pain. Every other time they went to that place that needed freedom and they were alone. And for the first time, they go there with Jesus and all of a sudden, with tears streaming down their face, they say he was there the whole time. Man, you think that'd be powerful? Man, he's here to set you free. He's here to set you free. It, man, this whole day may have been for that moment because every hair on my body just stood up. And then it's just easy after that. We were talking about demons for like 35 minutes. Can I just tell you, after you go through that process, can you just imagine a document just like ripping in half? And then we just say, uh, in Jesus' name, I speak to every assignment of the enemy that would like to steal, kill, and destroy. Every voice is not a living God. Do you have any legal right to be here anymore? And usually it's like, eh, no. Then in Jesus' name, go. And for some of you, maybe you're like, man, that, that might be scary. I'll tell you, man, I've been part of so many different types of deliverance type sessions and, and prayer. Can, can I just say that, like, it's different for everybody. You know that it doesn't have to be dramatic. I've been into some times and, and, and the enemy was released from somebody's life through forgiveness and all of that and I just say, in Jesus' name, go and they just like, ah. I just felt like a weight just lifted off or maybe they see something, they see a picture, they see a, something. Other times it's been a little bit more dramatic like that, that guy, uh, the Gadarene demoniac or whatever at the beginning of, of the message and, and uh, most of the time not. Sometimes. Guess what? I'm not afraid of that. The enemy's not afraid of that, or the enemy is. The, the Lord's not afraid of that. Anybody think it's a good idea to just get free, no matter what? All right. So we usually do that, and just in Jesus' name, and gosh, the last part is probably the most important part of the whole thing, is I just say, Holy Spirit, would you just come now? Would you fill every place that was occupied by the enemy for so long? Would you go to that spot and I just, for a minute there, we just start saying, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill. Holy Spirit, fill. We just go to that place right now. Holy Spirit, fill. Because he wants to fill all those places that were occupied because the Bible says that, that, if, that if we don't fill those places, that the enemy could come back stronger. I'm like, yeah, that's not a good idea in my world. So Holy Spirit, fill. Holy Spirit, fill. Holy Spirit, fill. Hey, if you come back next week, uh, we're going to talk about shut the door. That'd be a good idea, too. Let's stand. Jesus. As the worship team's coming. Man, there's a, uh, I, I, I know, I thank you for, for hanging with us a little bit longer, a little bit longer service. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm really feeling like the Lord's doing something right now. I, you may have to.